In life, we tend to have questions about why do we think the way that we do? Why is it that we can't get rid of that bad thought? Why is it we can't forgive folk? Why is it we can't just let the past go? Why is it we can't? We spend a lot of time on something that God has made so simple, yet still we make it so complex. We make it very complex that we can't forgive somebody that cheated on us. We make it very complex that we can't forgive someone that stole from us. We make it very complex that someone in the church is gossiping about us. We make it very complex why we can't forgive folk and let it go. And it's a simple method. It's so simple, but as long as we continue to walk in the flesh, and not understand that according to 4, Ephesians 4.23, and I'm going to pop in and out of this verse, but it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I want you to pay attention to the text here that it doesn't say be renewed in your spirit, but it goes further to say, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's your mind that needs the renovation. It's your mind that needs to be renewed. It's your mind in the midst of all of calamity. It's your mind when somebody has just hit you in a place, have stabbed you in your heart, stabbed you in your back, stabbed you every which way you're going, and, and you're just dealing with, I just can't let it go. And in that process of not being able to let it go, well, in reality, what you're saying is, is God is not big enough in your life to allow you to let it go. And you may say, no, I would never say that against God. But when we as Christians, when we as people of God, that the Bible is a book with God in it. It's a roadmap to teach me how to treat you right. It's a roadmap to teach me how to treat my boss, how to treat my employees. It's a roadmap to teach me how to treat my wife, how to treat my children, how to treat church folk. It's a roadmap to teach you how to build your finances the right way. It's a roadmap to teach you so many different things in your life that you can't afford to not stay in the Word of God. But we spend more time reading every other book Except the Bible. We'll go buy the bestseller out there and we'll spend every night reading a few chapters about somebody else's life. We'll spend more time buying every other book you can think of except for the Bible. So I question you today. Why? Why do we put more time into other things that will not change our life? But it'll make us see our life in a whole different other facet. We'll read about somebody else having millions and billions. We'll read about somebody else having a harmonious relationship. We'll read about somebody else having children that are perfect and never do anything. But when our children do something, when we have trouble in our marriage, when we have trouble in our church, we tend to equate our life based off of what we read. So why not read the Word of God? And use the word of God as a parallel for your life. Why not use the word of God that since the beginning of time, pay attention. This Bible has been around over 2,000 years yet and still for every generation that will come. This Bible will speak to everyone. If the world is here for another 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years, this Bible that was written so long ago. And I had somebody recently ask me, how? How can this be? It's because the Bible tells us that it was written from men that were inspired by God. Just a man himself could not have put this much in a Bible to tell you about your life. If he didn't know really about life. Think about it. The man that was writing the Bible, he was dealing with things just like you and I. And he was trying to figure out how to get through them. So how would he write this so eloquently that it will touch you, 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 me, and generations?
generations to come. Your great, 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 you can keep on going with great, 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 whatever you want to put in there, grandchild, whatever it is, whomever it is in your lineage. Since Adam and Eve, we have an application here that will tell us everything about our life. And it just so happened today, because last week I spoke about being reborn, how Nicodemus he came to Jesus in the middle of the night and he wants to know, how can a man be reborn? How can a man, do I go back into my mother's womb? How can I be reborn again? I'm trying to figure this out. And I know that he says, I know that you truly are the Messiah. I know you, you, you are of God because I clearly have did my calculations and I've watched your work. I've watched what you've done. I've watched the great things and, and, and events that have come about because of you. I've watched you take it a little and make it a lot. I've watched you do things that I know only someone of God could do. We talked about being reborn and, and the Lord led me on. He said, stay there. But what I want you to drive home today is, is how do you deal with the things in your mind that continue to plague you? That someone else has done you wrong and even though you exist, you don't really have abundant life because you're truly living in your past. Even though I'm functioning, it's almost like somebody that we call a functioning alcoholic. They go to work every day. They work better than some people that don't touch a drink at all. But they have to have that in order to exist. The body of Christ it's time to let go those things that plague you, that sit in your heart. They sit in your heart. It's, it's not anymore that they sit on your doorstep. You see, you can wake up and that thing is just sitting there looking at you, but it's sitting in your heart. We're drawn away by what's inside of us. It's not about what's outside that draws us in. And it says, and enticed. We're dragged away by the very thing that's on the inside of us. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. So in your best state, you're still not worthy. You're only worthy when you become reborn. You're only worthy when you say, Father, come in and change my life. Father, come in and I want you to be inside of me. Why do I want you inside of me? Because I can't do it without you. You see, in Old Testament times, the law showed them how to do good. But in New Testament times, Jesus came along and he said, it's not going to be about something in here that will just show you how to do good, but I'm going to leave you somebody called the Holy Ghost. That's going to help you do good. I'm going to leave you somebody that in the middle of the night when everybody been forsook you, when, when nobody wants to come around and love you, he said, I'm going to leave you with somebody. Not something, but somebody. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you with somebody. That's not going to just show you how to do good. It's not going to just guide you. But I'm going to leave you with somebody. That when your heart is aching, that when somebody's done you completely wrong, that when you're feeling all alone, and he said, I'm going to leave you with somebody that if all everybody in the world, your mother, your father, your cousin, your sister, your husband, your wife, decide they just don't want to be with you, baby. He said, I'm going to leave you with somebody that's going to make you feel way better than they ever could have. Yeah, and the Holy Ghost will wrap you up. Yeah. The Holy Ghost will tell you that I love you. The Holy Ghost will give you a, a comfort. The Holy Ghost will give you a, a, a easiness about life, an easiness about your problems that, you know what other folk, the Bible tells me, said, lean not to your own understanding. But it takes me to the scripture that we're going to get to about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you don't taste it, You'll never know how good he is. If I make you the best plate in the world and I put everything on it that you like, but you don't partake from the plate, you'll never know how good it is. If I make you a cake and it's the sweetest cake around and you take it home and you sit it on the counter, but you never unwrap it, you never stick that knife in it, you never put that fork in it and put it to your mouth, you'll never know how sweet it is. How good.
good it is. Well, I'm telling the church today, you have a biblical application here. Why not take the time and see how sweet the Lord is? Praise God. You've tried every other pathway. Amen. You, some of you have tried drugs, you've tried alcohol, you've tried men, you've tried women, mm. you've tried working around the clock, you've tried busying yourself and doing everything so you don't have to think about the stuff, but you won't try Jesus. You won't just let Jesus have his way so that it's something about that scripture, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's like being in a relationship and because you've been hurt, you won't allow your partner to enter a certain area in your life because you're afraid that they might touch that area where you've been hurt again. So even though you may be with someone, it's time, and I'm speaking to you sitting here today or watching wherever you may be, it's time for you to let go and let God you're not letting go and letting that individual mess you over. Let go and let God just whoo, do something so powerful and beautiful in your life. You don't have to live beneath like you've been living. You don't have to live where you just, I just want a little bit because if I give too much, you might take advantage of me. You might break my heart. Well, they just might break your heart, but that's why your trust should be in Jesus Amen. and not in man. That's why your trust should be in the Lord and his, his, his statutes, his word, instead of what somebody told you, I'll be here with you forever. And then they get upset and they're ready to walk off. But you said you'd be with me forever. You won't find nowhere in the word of God where Jesus said, because you did something, and all of us sitting here, we have something in our life, whether you hide it or not, whether you expose yourself or not, we all have something in our life from the front to the back that I'm sure Jesus is not happy about. Maybe you're not committing adultery. Maybe you're not committing fornication. Maybe you're gossiping. Maybe you're overeating. Maybe you're doing some things that the Bible says is not cool to live this way. We tend to get caught up in thinking there are big sins and little sins. Sin is sin. Amen. Amen. Sin is sin. Yeah. Sin is sin, religious folk. <laughs> sin is sin, religious folk. Yes. It's yes. folk out here that are religious, and Jesus said, I didn't come for religion. I came to set up a kingdom. Yes. I came to set up a kingdom because religion is man-made. Man decided to put some things together and say, well, I think I want to be this. I think my denomination is this. I think I want to be Baptist. I think I want to be Pentecostal. I think I want to be a Buddhist. I think I want to be Jehovah's Witness. I think I want, I think I want. Man brought religion and decided we're going to put a title on it. But Jesus said, I didn't come for that. You all are misconstruing my word and what I came for. I came to set up a kingdom. I came so that you would have salvation, that you could be born again. And that's where we are, being born again. How do, is something about being born again and being transformed whew, by the renewing of your mind. So here 423, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to try to keep reading it so that somebody will take this home with them. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind, a verse after that is that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. How often do we give place to the devil because of this old nasty flesh? Because we just want to get our way. Because we want to make a point to somebody. We want to let somebody know you're not going to walk over me like that. We want to let somebody know what we don't like, what we do like. We want to let somebody know. 
And we got to make sure that this mind is being renewed. It's a continual process. It's a continual process. It's a continual. Listen, folks, you don't get your mind renewed today and, and you can just stop there. It's a continual process whereby you got to sing. You got to pray. You got to talk to God. You got to sit down and convene with him and, and just Tell him how good he is in your life. You got to sit down and thank him for the things that you take for granted sometimes. You got to sit down and just spend some quality time. It's something about quality time. <coughs> it can't just be a, I'm getting ready to go to bed, so I'm going to say, God, I, I thank you. Or, and then I eyes go close up. It can't be those quick love like it used to be. We didn't mind turning the stove on for 30 minutes to, to heat things up. Now a lot of us, if we don't have a microwave, a microwave is almost like a telephone nowadays. We're so in such a hurry. 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 15 seconds. We're in such a hurry to get things done instead of just waiting on the Lord. We are such a hurry about life. Technology in one way is doing great and in other ways it's hurting us. We have gotten so used to technology that when it's gone, we don't know what to do. And it comes all right back to the word of God. Technology is not going to be what's going to save you. Technology is not what's going to keep our marriages together. Technology is not going to be what's going to help us raise our children. Technology, you can go to a therapist and they'll give you ideas and they'll tell you things about, yes, in order for you to do this and be this, this is what you should do. But at the end of the day, guess who it comes back to? You. Either you're willing to do something yourself or going to therapy won't do you a bit of good. They can give you A through Z, all the steps. But if you go home and just sit it down and, and I don't think we're So here we go. We're right back to the word of God. Do you want your lives changed today? Do you want a renewed mind? It says once again, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So you ask, how can I be renewed in the spirit of my mind? Do you possess the ability today to taste? Have you ever had something going on, some kind of business venture, or just something that you said, man, I could almost taste it, it was in my spirit. I've been that way where it's like, man, I can almost smell it. I knew that this was right. But this is how we have to be with our mind being renewed in the spirit. Is that we got to taste and feel the things of God. And we got to be so close to God. It has nothing to do with you being a preacher. It has something to do with you being in the word of God. It has something to do with you picking this word up and you taking time and reading it every day. It has something to do with you just sitting sometimes and letting, just letting God just saturate your spirit, your body, and your mind and watch him just, you'll do things you won't even understand why you're doing them, but then you'll reflect and be like, oh Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because it's in your spirit. You don't even have to cry out, I actually didn't get ready to happen. You don't even have to say Jesus, but it's in your spirit. See, things are happening in your life and maybe you stop your toe going through the house. Oh, yeah, baby. Somebody, I want you to examine yourself. And you hit your toe so hard you don't even have a split second to think about it. What comes out your mouth? <laughs> the next time it happens, I want you to stop when it happens and whatever comes out your mouth, that's what's in your spirit. If you stomp your toe, if you smash your finger. I was cutting a piece of wood the other day, and one of the guys was around me, and I was cutting the wood like this, and I was holding the wood like this. And that blade jumped up out that wood and went straight up in my finger here, all the way to my nail, and it's still sore, and it's still cut wide open. If it was in me, I would have said the best curse words I could. <laughs> and I believe I would have been okay with them. When I tell you what's in you, 
Listen, when folk mess you over, what's in you will come out. So it's something about we need to practice in order to get to that place where we need to be. The only way we can practice is through our life, through the word of God. It's only way we can practice is through, we got to put something in here. We got to make sure we cultivate this heart. And I'm going to give you a scripture there where, where Paul goes back and says that because of ignorance, Folks, hearts, that's the root of your heart being hard, is ignorance. Because you're ignorant in certain things, your heart will get hard, and here you go, it's in the word of God, but we won't open it up. So we don't understand and know that what God truly has for us, so we don't have to be the way that we are. See, somebody around you should see a fruit of the Spirit coming out at some point. Somebody around you should see that, you know what, something about you just ain't like everybody else. And you don't even have to open up your mouth. Because it's in your spirit. Something about you when people are getting, taking advantage of you and people are putting their foot on you. You don't act like everybody else. That don't mean you don't get hurt. That don't mean that you don't get offended. You're human. You, God gave us these emotions for a reason. He gave us these, these emotions to use. Listen at the scripture there where it says, "Get be angry in the 26th verse and do not sin." So he's saying you will get angry at times. People are going to make you just plumb mad. Why? Because ain't nobody like you. People don't think like you. You think like you. That's why God made you with your fingerprint that nobody else in the entire world possesses. Yet still, we want other people to have this fingerprint. We want them to think like us. We want them to act like us. We want them to do the things the, just the way that we do them. And when they don't, we get angry. So how do we not sin? We not sin by standing and doing some of the dumbest stuff to hurt folk. Because we do things to hurt people. We fight sometimes with our mouth because we don't really want to hit nobody because we're afraid of going to jail. Or we're afraid of them taking off on us. But we fight with our mouth a lot of times. And the Bible says that it's something about this tongue. Life and death is in this tongue. You can speak life into a situation, or you can truly cause a situation just to be dead. Oh, God ain't going to never do this for me. Oh, I'm not worthy of this. The devil is alive. You've said, God, come inside. If you've said, Lord, I want you inside of my life, you just became worthy. You've just been adopted into a family that will never, ever decide to divorce you. That will never, ever decide, oh, well, we don't want you around anymore. He said, yet have I seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread? This is not who God is. God don't decide tomorrow that he don't want you. He loves you, and he wants you to be the best that you can. He wants you to be so positive. I was so proud of sitting here watching the praise team and especially watching Evan Amen. go forth because I saw that he actually recognized life. Yes. For the split moment, whatever it is, all that he went through, he walked in recognizing, I'm happy to be alive. Amen. I ain't coming into the church with religion. I'm coming in saying, God, I love you and I appreciate you and I thank you for one more day. Some of us are sad that it takes some of us to have our lowest moment yes. before we recognize how good we really have it. Because a lot of times we look at the stuff to decide whether we have it good or not. We look at what we drive up in the parking lot in. We look at what we go home to. We look at what's under the Christmas tree. Glory be to God. My Lord. To decide whether or not life is good. To decide whether or not we are more than conquerors. You see, being a conqueror has nothing to do with what's in your pocket. It has something to do with what's in your heart. Yes, amen. It has something about your mind being renewed in the spirit of God. That no matter what comes your way, Hallelujah. when I say I'm blessed, yes. I'm blessed not all based off of what's in my pocket, but I'm blessed because life can't conquer me. I'm blessed because I, I understand there's a word in the Bible that tells me that greater is he. Yes. Hallelujah. That's in me. Yes. That he that is in the world. God is greater than any devil or any enemy that will ever come to you and try to 
take control of your life. God is greater. And as long as you hold on to that, I don't care in the middle of the night, I don't care in the middle of the day, no matter what's going on. You got somebody that you can always yes. say, you tag, you it. Yes. Hallelujah. See, your husband or wife might not be there when you want to tag and you it when you need help. Your pastor might not be there when you want to tag and you say you need help. You might not be able to get through on the telephone. But you got to have somebody with you that you know what? They got your back. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. No matter what I get into, no matter where I am, no matter what hospital I'm in, I know God, you got me. I don't care what it is. God, I know you got me. Why? Because you said you got me. Because your word said it. Because I read the word of God and I truly understand your principles. And I, I truly understand what you're saying. That my mind being renewed is a deep spiritual change. See, when this change comes about, your mind assesses things differently. Your values are differently. That's why the Bible says you can ask anything that you want. And he said he'll grant you your wish. Why? Because your mind and your values are not caught up in the world system. Your mind and your values are caught up in God's system. We spend too much mind, too much time worried about the world system instead of what's God's system. Let's find out what God's system is for my life. And he said, this is how it works. He said, I want you to have heaven here on earth because I said thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So whatever it is that you need, there's a doorway. In order to get that door open, you got to use my word. In order to get the door open, you got to use my word. My word is what will open the door. My word is what will open the door. It's something about this year having your mind renewed, and I'm throwing a little bit ahead of myself because I'm, I get excited about the word of God, and I want to give you all so much. But when he said, be ye transformed, by the renewing of your mind. It was something about it in the first verse of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says something about present yourselves a living sacrifice. Well, I want to employ you today. It is about the presentation. He said, present yourself. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present yourself. You should be the present that you're presenting. We talk about Christmas. When this time of season, what you gonna give me? What you gonna give me for Christmas? What you, what you, what you, what you, what you? Every day, there should be a process where you wake up and you say, Father, I am presenting myself because according to your word, Romans 12, 1, 2, in order for my mind to be changed, to be transformed, it's directly related to how I present myself. You can't come to God just any old kind of way. A farmer, one of the things that a farmer does, whenever he's getting ready to plant, he actually prepares his ground for whatever he's going to put into it. Well, your heart is the soil. What are you doing to prepare your heart <laughs> so God can truly come in and work on you so that your mind can be renewed? It's The transformation is directly tied to your soul. What kind of a soul do you have? In order to prepare your heart, in order to prepare your soul so that it is soft and it's, it's, it's ready for whatever seed is getting ready to go in, it's got to be that you are tied to the word of God. It's the renewing, the transformation is the renewing. It's tied right here to the word of God. The more word that you get, the more understanding you get, the less ignorant that you are. See, ignorance and stupidity is two different things. Ignorance is a lack of. The Bible says you perish for the lack of knowledge. Because the knowledge is there, but you don't understand it. So this is why when folks say, I don't need to go to church, the devil is a lie. You're not going to sit at home and get it by yourself. If I wasn't inspired, listen, if I wasn't inspired by God, I wouldn't be able to give it to you. It's too many men walking around thinking that because folk worship them, because folk put them up, they think it's truly them. No, it is the word of God. It is God that works through me as a vessel to give you the word of God. Outside of that, ain't much I can do. 
I was telling Lady Monique we were sitting watching a movie at the house on Friday nights. And it was something how that it brought both of us to tears about this lady that her five-year-old sister shot a man, but she took the charge and went to jail for 20 years. And when she came out, folk looked at her, beat her up, did things to her because they said, you were a cop killer. You'll always be a cop killer. And in spite of all that she had to go through and do, and they didn't let you know this until the end of the movie, she took the charge so that her five-year-old sister could grow up and be something. And it spoke volumes to me. How many of us would really take a charge and give up your life for a family member? Well, I want you to think about this. That's what Jesus did. Jesus gave up his life. He took the charges, every one of them on the cross. The blood that ran down on Calvary. He took every one of them. He said, I got this one here. Brother Kevin, I got this one here. Pastor Mike, I got this one here. Elder Joyce, I got this one here. Brother Bryce, I got this one here. Every one of us sitting here, he went to the cross and he took every charge. In spite of being beaten beyond recognition. In spite of having to leave his mother. In spite of he took the charge. How many of us here will be willing to take the charge? I want you to think about that. It's serious. It wasn't Jesus just got on the cross, gave his life, he went on back home with his dad. No, 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 no. That's why he said three times, twice, first out, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. If it be possible, let this experience of death pass from me. But the third time, nevertheless, let thy will be done. How many of you here today can say, nevertheless, let thy will be done, and you're in a situation that your life is on the line? I got to get the body of Christ there. Paul said to live is for Christ and to die is gain. We flip it around. We say that to die is lost. And that's wrong. What are we here for? That's why it's so important that we make the best and we do the best that we can with everybody around us. It ain't cool anymore to be caught up in ourselves, and we allow junk stuff just to get us so messed up in our heart and our mind and, and our hearts once it get hard. Let me take you back there to the 18th verse. Yeah, 18. Ephesians chapter 4, 18 verse. It says, having their understanding darkened. Church, this is us if you are hard-hearted. Being alienated from the life of God. This is us. If you're hard-hearted. This is for religious folk. <laughs> because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. I want to read it one more time. Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. As a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, not in his mind, but as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. So the way that you think is what will dictate your life. The way that you process things will dictate and guide your life. Some of you are trying to figure out why is it that I end up over here when I know I wanted to do that. It's the way that you think of in your heart. Because if once it gets to the heart, it means that you have embraced whatever the lie is, whatever the truth is. You have embraced it. When it goes from the mind 
to the heart. It means that you grabbed it and you said, I'm a ride or die with you. So when you can't forgive folk, it's because you've embraced, I'm just not going to let it go. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let it go. And that will keep you in your own cell, which is your body. Amen. So you're walking around and you're, you, you, you think you're all good, but your mind is so messed up, caught up in unforgiveness. You can't forgive. But Jesus said, how are you going to walk with me but you can't forgive your sister, brother? How do you, you say you love me, you haven't even seen me, but we see each other, but we don't want to forgive each other. What's that all about? It's because we've got to get this mind renewed. The only way that the mind gets renewed is, first of all, we ask God to come in. And it just don't happen overnight, but here's the process. Here's part of the process. You see, you got to learn that you got to start using your memorization. Memorize the Word of God. You know how you spend time to take a test? And I know we've gotten older, some of us, a lot of us, so we like, man, I'm glad, thank God I got to take no more tests. I used to hate doing Let me. The test is still going on. Open up the Word of God, and somebody sitting here today should be, man, I'm not going to forget this. Ephesians 4.23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Tomorrow, I'm going to be thinking about that. The pastor said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And where is that? Ephesians 4.23. Ephesians 4.23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because we'll remember everything else that we need to remember. And we're trying to figure out, well, why is it that my mind is not being changed? Why is it that I, that transplant is not taking place? See, when you want a transplant to happen, Something has to, like, uh, and something has to go in. Well, what has to go in? It's the Word of God. And it is not good enough just to come to church on Sunday or Wednesday and just listen to the pastor. It's like, oh, that was a good word. No, the pastor's preaching and giving you a word because I want you to take the Word of God and I want you to apply it to your life because if I can change your mind, and it's the Word of God that does it, if the Word of God can change your mind, then your life will be changed. But as long as the, you don't allow the word of God to come in and saturate you, all the other stuff, that's why the Bible said in Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you seek first the kingdom of God, that's what's going to dictate your life here. But the reason why we're having trouble with what's happening in our life is because we got the stuff Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things should be added unto you. Well, we're trying to get the stuff at first, which is dictating what comes out of our mouth, what's dictating what's in our heart, what's dictating what's in our house, what's dictating what's in our church. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of stuff in the church. It's a lot of stuff where folk recognize that, you know what, I, I really can't put church first today because I, I think I'm going to stay home today and clean up. Or I really can't put church first today because, you know what, I, I want to stay in my pajamas. Or I really can't put church today because I got something else I got to do. I got to wash my car. Or, you know what, I'm taking the kids out all the days we take Sunday to take the kids for a ride. Yeah, we didn't have time yesterday because we were doing this and doing that. So I figured on Sunday, we'll just take some time and we'll just ride the kids up to the star. We'll just, I just wanted to spend time with just the kids. But glory be to God, if something happens while you're there. You ready to call the church the pastor? Pastor, this is going on. Can you help me? I don't know what's going to happen. Why should it take tragedy? Before we put God as a prize. Before we put him at the top. It shouldn't be just the pastor. You see, in my mind and in my heart, this is first, first and foremost before anything else. Can you imagine if you had a pastor that you don't know what Sunday he's going to be at church? Pastor wake up like, I think I'm just going to chill, watch the game today. Can you imagine that? It's happening. Folk, it ain't just up here. I want it to be the entire church where you feel like if I'm not there, it's not going on the way that it should go. If I'm not in position, if I'm not there to sing, if I'm not there to play, if I'm not there to sit in my seat, because some of us, that's what we do. We have a seat and we walk in and you better not be sitting in my seat. <laughs> we don't have our name on it. We just, we just know that's my seat. 
And you walk in and you look at somebody like, <laughs> and you go stay there. <laughs> I can just about tell everybody in here where they sit in this church. It's a place we get comfortable with. It's a place where we say, hey, this is where I want to receive from the man of God. It's a place right here that this is where I feel comfortable. This is where I want God to just speak to me today. And we don't want nothing to hinder that. But that's how it has to be as far as coming into these doors. We need folk that want to help build up the kingdom financially, physically, Mentally, spiritually, help build up the kingdom. Because we're not, we don't have time to play. We don't have time to be caught up in clothes, cars, and all this other junk. But there's some folk out here that truly need to hear salvation message. They need to hear that their life can be changed. They need to hear that they don't have to stay and live the same way that they've been living. They need to hear that their home can be renewed. They need to hear that all the hell that's going on inside their mind. Yes. That they can be delivered from it. You don't have to wake up and just be in anguish. You don't have to wake up and go to bed and just be like, man, I'm just in turmoil. But you've got to be able to apply this word of God. you got to be able to say, I'm going to pick the Bible up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to call my pastor if I need to. I'm going to text the pastor and say, hey, can you just text me a scripture, something about living long. Text me a scripture, something about my mind. Text me a scripture, something about my health. Can you just give me something? Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I'm that pastor. Because folk need a hand. Folk need somebody that they can tag. Folk need somebody that they can reach out to. It ain't cool, people, that we just say, well, if, if you act like me, that's only one fool with you. But if you're crazy, yeah, I don't really want to get with you. There's some crazy folk out here listening to what I'm saying that need a word. And the only way that they're going to be delivered is a word. They're not going to be delivered, be delivered because they go out here to the therapist or they go to the psychiatrist. They're not going to be delivered that way. See, we've gotten so backwards in the ministry that we think a lot of stuff is secular learned. We think a lot of stuff is, yes, we got to go to outside source. When truth be told, it's in here. But the reason why you can't get delivered in here sometimes is because of the hardness of your heart. You won't open up and let God just come in and work you over. So therefore, you do have to go pay somebody $100, 200 $300 an hour to tell you something you already know tell you something that the pastor already know. But I know certain folk have to go that route because you put more confidence in man than you do in God. So it comes back to presenting ourselves. You are the present. And I want you to practice on this between now and especially the rest of the year. Be the present every day. Present yourself a living sacrifice how you present yourself. It's just like taking a plate to somebody. Don't bring me no plate with just maybe a piece of steak on it and something just thrown on top of it. Presentation for me is everything. And I would say presentation with most everybody is everything because most everybody I see, pretty much I see everybody. You took time to put your lipstick on this morning, put your heels on, put your wig on, put your fake nails on. You took time this morning, whether it was this weekend, and you got your hair and some extensions in. You took time to make sure that I'm going to be tight when I go to church. Presentation is everything. So when we come before the Lord, we can't come before the Lord and just be like, well, I'm just here. You're just here. For the Lord, be humble, be ready to sur totally surrender. See, when I say presentation, I mean totally surrender. It's time to totally surrender that stuff. Totally surrender how you feel, how you think. It's habits, it's ideas. It's we get so much caught up here that the transplant can't take place because it's all, it's so much stuff that's going on and swirling around us in this mind, in this heart that we're so hard-hearted that we can't be transformed. You see, we've got to stop being conformed to the world. That's what Romans 12, 2 talks about. He says, you've got to come out from the world. 
The world tells you that you need to have on your best shoes. The world tells you that you need to put your makeup on a certain way. The world tells you that your house should be run this way. The world, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all these other things, they tell you about your house. And the crazy thing of it is a lot of us, we want to live based on what we see on social media. And then when we figure out that it don't work for us that way, we start crying and complaining. Why? It seems like they got it good. Well, what it is, they showed you their 10th picture that they took. They didn't show you the first one. But that's what you are, looking at life based on the finished product. Man, it seems like they always got it going on. Seems like they ain't never going through nothing. They just ain't dumb enough to tell you what they're going through. But some of y'all get on social media, oh, I'm going through this and this and that is happening and everything, this and that. And, it, and, some of, and some of you just sit and look like, I can't believe they put this on social media. Stop putting your entire life out there for somebody else to judge you. If you live by people's acceptance, I promise you, you'll die by their rejection. And somebody's going to reject you because you'll never be able to do what they want you to do 24-7. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how great your marriage is, your relationship is. I don't care on your job how good it is. You will never, ever be able to give that person or that relationship or whatever it is your best 24-7. It's impossible. So why do we expect people around us to give us their best? I want you to think about that. We hold people accountable, but truth be told, we just don't get caught with some of our junk. Maybe you catch your mate in a lie, but you told a lie and didn't get caught. But now you want to stick the knife in them and be like, you ain't no good, you ain't it. Well, you better look at yourself. <laughs> it's so easy to fault everybody else and put blame to everybody else around us. And it's something about how God made us. And I get it. I just had this conversation with somebody. You see, you'll never be able to take these eyeballs and truly see yourself. You'll always see a reflection. You've got to go to a mirror to see what this here looks like. I can look at my hands. But these eyeballs, and if anybody can do it, you bad. <laughs> if you can take these eyeballs right now while you're sitting here and see your face, and I mean all of it, I don't mean looking at your nose, because I can see the tip of my nose, but I mean look at what this looks like. God didn't design us that way. We will always see our reflection, so it's easier to point the finger at somebody else, because I can see every flaw that you have, but I can't see my own. And it takes a man or woman of God that understands the Word of God to know that the Bible says examine yourself first. Stop looking at other people trying to judge other folk about their junk. Look at your own junk. Write down your own junk. How about you make a list of all your stuff instead of saying, well, I made a list about you and you checked off everything but this. Well, what did you, what did you X up? Be real with yourself today. Because we can't be changed. We can't be Whole, we can't be anything that God wants us to be until we come before the Lord and we totally surrender. And we say, God, if there be anything in me, please forgive me. Please take it out of me. That's why he said you come before me and you confess. Confess. Confession is, is so important in the word of God. Confession, confession. You must confess. That's why going back through and I look at the ancients and, and the ancient folk in time and, and they said, have I hid the word so that I might not sin against thee? Why would the scripture say, have I hid? Why would you hide the word in my heart so that I won't sin? Back in the ancient time, they didn't have anywhere like we do with all these safes and different things where they could store stuff and lock it up. They had to actually hide their stuff from people. God wants you to hide the word in your heart so that when situations happen, when you stub your toe, guess what come out? The word. You might say Jesus. You might say, oh Lord. You might not say nothing. 
but it might be that four-letter word that you wanted to come out. But if you're using that four-letter word a lot, guess what? That's what's going to come out. And then you're going to say, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did. That's how you do Oh, excuse me, I didn't mean If somebody catch oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, you did. You meant to say it. That's what was inside of you. That don't make you an evil person. Don't get me wrong. Pastor Mike ain't sitting here trying to tell you everybody this cousin going to hell. What Pastor Mike is telling you is that you better get yourself together. You better say, Lord, transform me. I need a renewed mind so that I don't do some of that stuff, so that I will be better. You should not be in the same place you are today, next week, next year, 2022. Seek to be better people. Seek God's word. He said the word should be like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. You keep finding scripture after scripture that talks about how it should be in our life so that our life is renewed, so that our life is changed. We shouldn't be doing the same things today that we did last year. And guess what? People around us, especially children, because see, grown people lie to you because we either want you to keep our children, we either want you to give us money, or we either want you to do something for us and we just don't want to make you mad. But ask the children. The children will tell you exactly who you are. Yeah, Grandma, you cuss all the time. <laughs> and you're looking at it like, y'all better be quiet. See, the children will tell you the truth. Because they know you still go love them. You still go buy them a gift. You still go, that's your grandbaby, that's your child, or whatever it is. But grown-ups, how I look, uh, you look all right. And you know you need to tell them to take it off. <laughs> But you know if you say the wrong thing, <laughs> you got hell to pay. Let me tell you just how it is. But you ask the child, nah, that don't look good. I got a seven-year-old granddaughter somewhere around here. She tell her daddy how to dress. I'm telling you, ask the children. Start spending more time with the children and really believe what they say. So if we're going to have a renewed spirit, and I'm going to bring it in here. Glory be to God. If we're going to have a renewed spirit, I really want to leave this with you because we sung the last song that said, I love you forever. And that song just pierced me over here on this board. I love you forever. God, I'm going to love you in spite of what I deal with. God, I want you to renew a right spirit in me. God, I want you to renew a spirit in my mind. I want my mind renewed. I want the spirit of my mind. I want the spirit of my mind renewed, God. Why? Because I want to be a better person. Why? Because I want to be a better mother. Why? Because I want to be a better grandfather. Why? Because I want to be a better child of God. You can't do it by yourself today, church. You might think that you are, but you can't do it by yourself. You might think that everything's going well, but you can't do it by yourself. And, and, and the Bible just told us, it said, prepare, get yourself ready so that your heart won't be hardened. Because get your soul ready, cultivate your soul, prepare your soul. And the only way you can prepare your soul is by memorizing the word of God. Hello. This is Pastor Mike. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope and pray that the Word of God truly enriches your life. In Jesus' name, amen.